When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. From the After 9 Podcast Studios, this, this is the award-winning After 9 with Scott and Kat. Powered by Tony Johal, broker at Remax Twin City. Your home sold guaranteed or he'll buy it. Hey now, happy banana cream pie day. Nah, I'm kidding. It's banana cream pie. I just like to say it that way because everybody giggles. <laughs> you <said> cream pie. <laughs> Why is that a thing? Cream pie? Is that? I guess so. Yeah, that makes sense. I guess anything cream, it's gonna it's gonna end up as a sexual reference somewhere. Oh, you didn't know the cream pie reference? No, no, but we don't know. Nobody, not my circle, uses that. Really? Yeah. I, it's mainly a porn reference, but I don't know. I thought everybody knew what a cream you, pie was. You and your cakes and your pies, though. I mean, you fucking love it, so it doesn't surprise me. You know it. I should have got my mom to make me a banana cream pie today. It's my favorite pie. Is it a favorite pie for your girlfriend to sit in? She doesn't sit in a pie. And, and stop being an asshole. You know, know. You know what? Like, I regret. No, I regret bringing your girlfriend into it because she is a she's a nice, nice person. I should have just said generally are pies good too, as good as cakes. No, I guess the answer there's no, everyone. Well, let me tell you that if I ever decided to branch out and got into the pies, it would be a banana cream pie. In a giant swimming pool. <laughs> Guys, gas prices are going insane right now. A two cent increase at midnight and then tonight at midnight, it's going up about 11 cents. By tomorrow, we'll be paying in and around $1.71 a liter. Cat, we are right on track for $2 a liter gas. But here's the yeah. thing. We thought we were going to get $2 a liter gas because of the carbon tax increase, which is coming on April the 1st. This is going to get us to $2 a liter without even the carbon tax increase, which has now got some people, depending on how you lean politically, saying Trudeau should scrap this increase to the carbon tax because people can't afford it. Others are saying we can't go back. If you take that carbon tax increase off, we're not doing anything to go forward on saving the planet, on cutting our greenhouse gas emissions. Uh, those people, they've got a point too. So I really don't know what the solution is, but God damn it, something's got to give. A dollar seventy-one a liter. It used to cost me between forty and forty-five bucks to fill up my car. Just a, a mid-size sedan, a Honda, fairly efficient. And it's going to cost me seventy bucks to fill up today. Yeah. Seventy dollars to fill a Honda. It was uh, it was like a fight this morning on my Facebook page, just giving people the heads up, which we tend to do. You do it as well when you're on Twitter. Hey guys, it's going up eleven cents. You know, do, do not delay filling up. Just fill up today, whatever. And of course, the fight went on and on. And no matter what it was about, um, for those who have electric vehicles, they're like, yeah, f you guys, I got an electric car. Um, which we know though. The interesting thing is, I talked to a couple of people, actually listeners of the podcast who happened to work for a very prominent power line company. A power line company? Well, that narrows it down a little bit. A little bit. Just say it. Is it Enbridge? Uh, no, actually. But that's the only thing I'll say. But anyway, whatever. They, they're they like, enjoy it, though. If you have an electric car, enjoy it while you can. But these pri- like the grid can't handle so many people having it right now, which means new grids will have to be built. And the price is going to go up significantly for that electricity. But if you have it now... Hearing that the price of gas goes up 11 cents, I do not blame you for gloating about the fact you have an electric vehicle. Good for you. 
I'm going to get there eventually. I'm just waiting on a couple more models to to come out and things like that. But I uh, nothing makes you want to do it more or change the way that you get around. I, I saw a couple of comments today like, you know what, I've been considering an e-bike because I don't, you know, work that far away from my house. F it. This might be the year I buy that e-bike or go ahead and get back into, I don't know, motor, motorcycles, I guess, or whatever it might be. Great. If you can get a, if you can get around that way, I would too. I absolutely, I would consider actually biking to work with these prices. I would consider it, but I feel like I'd probably get killed at the hours I come in. Do you think we're going to get to a point where driving is just a, a luxury, kind of like the 407? Well, you know, I could take the 401 and sit in a bit of traffic, but I'm just going to pay for the convenience today and use the car or I'm going to use the 407. Could our cars ever get to that point where the vast majority is either transit or carpooling, walking or biking? But hey, the whole fam's together. We're going to go down to the falls. We'll drive the car. Uh, No. The short answer is no. I don't really see a time where that happens. I think that we all love our independence. I think most of us who are used to having that independence of my car on my time when I want to go out my vehicle, it's it's a selfish way to look at it, but it's just the truth. I mean, I don't know if I'd be willing to give that up. Uh, there's a lot of people who are very unfamiliar with it too. I think too many people who are unfamiliar with how it would work for public transit that are just like, ah, I have to keep track of routes and when do I get off and how do I do it? No, I, I can't do it. Nope. And they're stick to, you stick to what you know. Now that's but it's said, not hard to figure out. Change people don't like. People don't like change of any kind. So I just feel like the the answer would be no to that. I, I see more maybe young people, especially when they are trying to save up to buy that vehicle and see the price of gas and go, okay, holy shit. Because, you know, when I first started driving, it was I had a, a little accent, a little putt-putt, but I remember filling my car for like 22 bucks. But I still had to make sure that I had enough money for that. Like, okay, I have to make sure that I don't spend too much. This is what it's going to cost me on a tank of gas. And now that price is significantly increased. So maybe the younger generations, and also they're a lot more environmentally cautious. So perhaps they would anyway get more into, how do I get around? Public transit is the way to go. Or get the e-bikes or get the mopeds or whatever else you're going to get. We're just too big. Southern Ontario is too big and too spread out. And unfortunately, where you live doesn't have everything. You can live in Mississauga, for example. That's all well and good. You've got your own little transit system in Mississauga. You've got highway access. You've got go that goes through. That sort of thing. It's all well and good, but it's not like you can just live and stay in Mississauga. Inevitably, you're going to have to go to Brampton or Toronto or York or somewhere for something. Sure. You can't. uh, The transit changes that they announced yesterday, those are going to be very helpful. Uh, Actually, you know, I'm going to do this story because... Uh, Maybe we should get more green on the pod here, too, and and try and give people options. By the way, when it comes to transit, Google Maps will tell you there's options at the top. You can do a driving route, walking route. You can even do a transit route, and it'll tell you how to get where you're going Mm -hmm. by transit. So keep that in mind. But when it comes to transit, they're scrapping some local transit fares for riders using Go Transit to connect to and from their local systems. And then they're going to increase the discounts for kids and post-secondary students. Starting March 14th, Local transit will be free for riders connecting to and from Go. So this is simple. You take your your local uh, York Region Transit or your local Grand River Transit in Waterloo Region to the Go station. You pay one fare to get there, and that includes your Go fare, and then you're good. You don't pay both for both systems, even though you're accessing two different systems. Okay, that makes sense. That's a common sense thing. We are so territorial here. Oh, there's Mississauga Transit, there's uh, Toronto Transit, Milton Transit. They're all over the place. 
but they don't all connect and talk to each other and work. Whereas people need to go different places and they need to make all these transit systems work together. We cross borders of cities here. Fun fact. All the time, right? And I mean, having those connect with Go and Up Express makes perfect sense. I'm glad they're doing that. That should be less of a barrier for people taking transit. So good on them. I do agree with you, though, on independence. I mean, I can sit here and say all I want. Well, we should take more transit, but I probably won't. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't really have that option. I The way I work, there is absolutely no way to do it by transit. None. And uh, where I have to go, yeah, there's no way that I can take a bus to go where I want to go. Although just yesterday, I had to drop my car off to get the windshield replaced. And it was in Burlington. And I thought to myself, wait a second. There's a transit system here. I don't have to Uber from Speedy Glass back to my place. I could take the bus. I just said, fuck it. And I waited in the waiting room for two and a half hours. (laughs) Oh, no. Actually, I went across the street, visited the LCBO, and there was a a discount buds over there. So I got some pre-rolls. And then I sat down and read the news on my phone for a couple of hours. It was great. Wow. Uh, Oh, I got to tell you quickly here. I'm going to do a shout out to Allstate, my insurance company. They were great. I told everybody I got uh, a rock flew off a truck and hit my windshield. And I was asking the insurance company to waive my deductible. I shouldn't have to pay that. I didn't do it. They emailed me yesterday and said, we're waiving your deductible. Way to go. You're there. It's I saved 300 bucks there by not having to pay the deductible. And I shouldn't have had to pay it anyway. It wasn't my fault. I just happened to get lucky and catch that rock coming out of the truck. On my dash camera. You know what's really cool is some places, uh, the the places that fix it, um, like your Speedies or your Apples, will actually sometimes just waive that fee for you anyway. That's nice. I had that do. happen to me. I had that happen to me once. The problem is the windshields are so damn expensive now on our on our vehicles. Um, but that that did happen to me once where it was like oh, I have to pay the deductible, and they were like, you know what? Don't worry about it. You come back to us next time you have a problem. And I did. That's a great yeah. way to get customer yeah. service back, mm-hmm. to get those five-star reviews on Google. That was an Apple. That was Apple, by the oh, way. Oh, sorry. That was Apple. Yeah. Uh, I was at Speedy, but either way, they did a good job. Yeah. Speaking of Apple, you mentioned Apple. The bigger Apple in the world is the one that sells computers and phones and everything else, it seems, these days. They've shut down the Apple store in Russia. I got to think that if you're just a... <laughs> I think if you're just a regular, run-of-the-mill Russian person that that goes to work every day and just wants to put food on the table and raise your kid and and watch some TV at night, you can't possibly be happy with Vladimir Putin right now. You can't possibly. Whatever excuse he gave you to justify invading Ukraine, this probably isn't working for you right now. Mm -hmm. You've had just about everything taken away from your country. You basically can't leave because your planes can't even fly in the airspace of most countries anymore. Now the fucking Apple store is shut down. Yeah. You can't buy stuff. OnlyFans has now pulled their service officially in Russia. <laughs> I think Pornhub is going to be next. Yeah. I mean, it's amazing. You can't get stuff delivered through FedEx or UPS. I mean, it is totally isolated. And to the people that didn't want this war, that don't even really understand what their soldiers are fighting for, they got to be asking themselves, 
why the fuck are we following this yeah. guy around? Yeah. Well, I think, and that's the purpose of it all, right? And and they're definitely they're definitely doing what they set out to do, the world, I mean, um, in isolating Russia and making them feel that way. And, you know, you hear a lot of little headlines, like, for example, today when I do my entertainment thing, it's, you know, it's, oh, Warner Brothers not having the Batman out. Okay. Is that going to stop a war? No. But it's something on top of this, on top of that, on top of that. And for the people who are living there that, yeah, we're looking forward to all those things or have their phone break and now they have to do whatever else it is to to fix it I guess yeah it's all those little inconveniences that will add up to what the hell are we doing here Mm -hmm. the world sees us as a bull well I shouldn't say the entire world I know there are other countries that are for it uh, perhaps are more of allies of, of Russia than us for example but when you can have your own people question you that is key and when you have those assets frozen basically when you when you hit those really major points you're going to be able to really make your point. And again, the world thinks you're a bully, right? And this is our retaliation against a bully. And I think it might, I mean, it's definitely not, it's going to help. I, I don't think it's not going to help. So I'm curious to see who else just jumps on board there. I mean, if, is there anything missing, by the way? What are we missing here that could happen to Russia? What is Russia getting right now that isn't self-sufficiently in Russia that we could do, any country, I mean, to really make an impact. The only thing that they've got going for them in Russia right now is gas is really cheap. See, Russia has a lot of oil, kind of like Canada but does, yeah. but they use their oil at home first. Sure. And and so they're, they've got cheap gas prices, but they can't get anything. They can't go anywhere. And their stock market is crashing on the daily. Their investments are worth pennies of on what they were worth. The, the rich people, their assets are frozen around the world. They've close to airspace it's a mess and i gotta think that one of the best ways to get to your leader is to go to the people and we've seen that happen in many other countries during many other conflicts if you can get the people to turn against their own leader Mm -hmm. well that affects change Mm -hmm. and i don't know if putin really expected this much resistance he went into crimea and just took it in a weekend and nobody really said boo yeah people yelled at him a little bit and said it was bullshit stephen harper was one of the only people that truly stood up to him on that and now that he's gone into Ukraine. I think he was expecting a similar experience, but wow, did the world step up and say, <laughs> the fuck you are. We're uh, we're going to sanction the shit out of you. Is this just the beginning or is this the end? That's what I don't understand. Is this just the beginning yeah. of what's eventually going to be? It could go either way. Troops on the ground or yeah. enforcing no-fly zones over Ukraine. Is that coming or is Putin going to... I don't see him backing down. He's too into it now. He's gone so far into it that he almost needs to see it through. Anything less is going to seem like he's quitting or he's retreating. And I don't know that he's going to do that, even if it is probably the best thing that he could do right Mm -hmm. now. At this point, he should be negotiating his leaving Ukraine, not negotiating not going any further in. Because I think that's the only thing that's going to salvage anything of a... Uh, support for him in Russia at this point. Having said that, even I can admit, and we all should, we don't know what we don't know. I'm not on the ground in Russia. I'm not watching Russian TV. I'm not even talking to Russian people. So I don't know what they're thinking. Maybe they are fully behind Putin. But as a North American sitting here watching the news that we get, it really seems like the people in Russia are getting a little pissed off at everything that's happening to them for a war they didn't want. Where, where I do feel bad, speaking of the Russian people, is where we have, and I'll give an example of hockey players, because there's a plenty of Russian hockey players playing in leagues here in North America, 
who are apparently facing absolutely disturbing harassment. And I do feel for them. Really? Yeah. As CCM has announced that they're going to stop using Russian players like Alex Ovechkin, who really didn't take a proper stand there, I think, when he was asked the question. Either avoid questions altogether, but people didn't like his answer. Uh, last week when he was questioned about it, they th- assume he sides with Putin or maybe he's just too afraid to say he's not. He's got a lot of family there, too. Right. And he eventually will go back there. But they're going to stop use. Exactly. They're going to stop using him in global marketing, like things like that. Like, how do we feel about stuff like that? Is that one way to piss off Putin? It, does that even work to piss off Putin? Or what is the real reason there? Or or the people of Russia generally like that's our guy and you're going to shun him from this and that and the next thing. Does that add fuel to their flame or does that actually add fuel to ours? I actually feel bad for guys like Alexander Ovechkin and other Russian players or celebrities that happen to be in North America and have basically assimilated perfectly into American culture or Canadian culture or British or whatever the case may be. Uh, Ovechkin didn't do anything to bring on this war. Does he have no. to make a statement? I don't know. We don't ask hockey players about most political things. So in this case, I don't know that we yeah. needed to ask him about Russia. But let's keep in mind, when his career is over, he likely is going to go back and live in Russia and raise his kids in Russia and and do those things when his NHL career is done. So I don't blame him for not wanting to be on the wrong side of Vladimir Putin on this. So he should probably stay neutral. From CCM's perspective, I totally understand why, as a brand, you don't want to be out there with a Russian person on TV. Even the optics of it will concern people who aren't paying attention or who haven't thought it through. They just think everything, Russia is bad. Look at how many people went and made a fucking TikTok video about them pouring out Russian vodka Mm -hmm. in the street. I, I don't understand why you did that. You already bought it. If you don't want it, fine. I guess you can dump it, but... It doesn't really make sense to me. You can keep it for another day or just chuck it uh, to make this big production out of pouring out Russian vodka. Again, I don't really understand what your point was in all that. But uh, whatever to each their own. You go ahead and do whatever it is you want to do. I I think the focus here needs to start being less about Russia and more about Ukraine. I mean, when you look at the number of refugees that are coming out of there, there's a a lineup at the Polish border that's like 35 kilometers long. But there is some hope here. The U.N. says it's too early to begin resettling Ukrainian refugees to other countries because a lot of them want to go back to Ukraine. As soon as this is over, they want to go home. And I don't blame them for that at all. If somebody invaded Canada, yeah, I'd probably want out of Canada. But eventually, my house is here, my car is here, my uh, everything's here. So they want to go home too. But for those who do want to be resettled, they're working on that. Even Airbnb stepped up. I love that. Airbnb stepped up and said, we're going to take 100,000 Ukrainian refugees, and we don't know how long we can do it. It all depends on the people who are renting their places out on the app, but we're going to cover the cost for 100,000 Ukrainians to at least have a place to be for two weeks. And apparently regular Polish people are going to the border and just pulling people out. How many do you have? I can take three. Okay, what, you got three? Uh... Mom and two kids, great. You come with me. You're going to live with me, and I will take care of you until it's safe for you to go home. That kind of stuff warms my heart Mm -hmm. that you're willing to help someone who needs help. I think that's incredible, and it it, it can be a little scary, too. Poland doesn't really have anything to do with this. They were just living their lives, and for the most part, they still are. But they can see all these people at the border, and they're thinking, what can I do to help? And that's what I wish more people would do. Ask themselves what they can do to help. So to the people who are taking in refugees, good on you. That's great. Uh, To the Ukrainian people, 
I hope we're helping. I don't know if we really are doing as much as we could here in Canada and in the U.S., but I hope that what we are doing is helping. And if we can do more, then just be a little louder about it so that we, the people here in Canada, know. Because one thing we've learned in the last couple of months is when you scream loud enough, these pricks in Ottawa will finally listen and do what the will of the people is. Sort of. I mean, if you want them to take off a mask mandate or something like that, that won't happen. Not but yet. if you want us to send more guns or more money or whatever, we can do that. Uh, we just got to pressure them and and drag them down the road of doing the right thing. And eventually we will. So just get the message to we the people and we'll take care of it. Uh, did you watch any of the State of the Union last night? No, no, no. It was bad. It was one of the shorter ones, actually. Didn't get a lot of applause. You can tell that the support Biden has nationally, which is in and around 35 to 40 percent, seems like that's about what it was yesterday during the State of the Union. He went off on some tangents. He babbled a little bit. I, I don't know if he's uh, doing well or not, but the reviews on it are lukewarm, to say the best. But Biden did double down and say, hey, we're going to do absolutely everything we can to protect Ukraine. But as leaders say that, they're also not doing absolutely everything that they can because uh, so far there's no military participation. It's just donations at this point. Uh, there's another thing I want to mention before we get on to the uh, other stuff. Two stories in Ontario that have to do with COVID. An Ontario judge says he's not ready to accept as fact that vaccinating children against COVID-19 is what's best for them simply because the government says you should. So this is a change here, Kat. Superior Court Justice Alex Pazaratz rejected a motion from a father who wanted his two kids, ages 10 and 12, to be vaccinated, despite the mom and the two kids themselves saying they don't want to be vaccinated. So one legal expert is saying that this ruling from the judge represents a departure from earlier Canadian cases involving similar disputes where courts have taken what's called judicial notice. Essentially, that means accepting statements as fact that immunization is beneficial for children. Now this judge says he's not going to just accept it as fact because the government recommends it. He wants to see the proof. Hmm. Interesting. It's interesting. And we, by the way, we've seen this fight before. We've talked about it before when we had a lawyer segment on our show where you have one parent who wants it and the fight is always the same. One parent wants it, the other one doesn't. And who wins that battle when you have to go as far as taking it to court? It does come down to a judge. And in this particular case, I mean, I agree with the judge on this one. I, I'm I, I'm good with it. You don't want to well, say it's a fact because you're not sure it's a fact. And if it's going to be a fact, then please prove that it's a fact because facts are factual. That's yeah. why we call them facts. Right. So if it is factual that kids need this this vaccine, then somebody's going to have to step up and show this judge that the kids need it. They're going to have to show that it's effective. They're going to have to show that without it, the kid would be in danger. Good luck with that, because that's not what the evidence is saying at this point. It's not. So I don't know how they're going to prove that or how this judge is going to rule, but I have a feeling mom's going to win this one. She doesn't want the kids vaccinated. The kids don't want to be vaccinated, and that's fine. I, I don't know that dad's going to have any luck here getting a judge to force a 10- and 12-year-old to get their shots. But there's another one here, and this one gets me in particular because I thought we'd reach the end of the road, but apparently not. Several municipalities in Ontario that enacted policies requiring employees to be fully vaccinated or lose their jobs are keeping the restrictions in place. In Toronto, for example, 
The city says the dis- that despite other public health measures lifting in Ontario, it's keeping its policy that requires employees to be vaccinated. A spokesperson for York Region says they're going to maintain their employee vaccine mandate because it's consistent with the municipality's obligations under the Occupational Health and Safety Act. What? So what roles are these exactly that you're mandated to have your vaccines? Any role. Any role. If you work for the city of Toronto, you would have to be fully vaccinated. That's the policy now. And even though we got rid of the mandates, uh, John Tory has been the mayor of Toronto, for those who don't know. He has been very, very, very good at leading an effort to try and get his citizens immunized. John, you went above and beyond. Good for you. You're wrong on this one. You're way wrong on this one. The You said you follow the science. Well, Dr. Kieran Moore says these aren't necessary. He said they serve their purpose, but they're no longer necessary. You, John, are in a situation where you've already put bus drivers, made them get fully vaxxed, even though the passengers don't need to be vaxxed. Now we're in a situation where whether you are the guy who drives the Zamboni or takes the tickets at the local arena... Regular people, vaxxed or unvaxxed, can come in, but you have to be fully vaxxed to work there? Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? Like, health health services is one thing. Like, for me, if it was just strictly health services only, I'd be like, okay, I mean, ugh, do I love it? No. Am I, like, understanding of it? Sure. But we're talking everybody? If you work for the city, wow. you would need to be fully vaccinated. Wow. I, I just want to say... It doesn't make sense, especially given that we are lifting the mandates on a lot of different things for these cities to go rogue and say, nope, nope, nope. Uh, This is part of our obligation under the Occupational Health and Safety Act. You tell me how that is. You you tell me how that works or what protection you're offering. And and why don't we just ask people? Why don't you go around and ask people? Hey, do you feel safer around vaccinated people? Because there's a lot of people that might have in the past said, oh, yes, absolutely. Now they've seen enough. They watch the news. They read what they read. And they know that that's simply not the case. Vaxxed or unvaxxed, you're spreading that virus. Mm -hmm. There's no reason to keep these mandates in place and to keep punishing people that didn't get the shot. You got to stop this shit. John, I'm really surprised at you. To keep that in for the city of Toronto makes no sense. And yesterday, the Toronto Zoo, for example, announced they're keeping their vax mandate in place. Okay. A lot of those larger uh, spots that you're going to tend to visit more in the summer, like a zoo, and they're announce- give- sending out their announcements now. And it actually surprises me how many of them are going to go along with it. Well, the zoo in particular surprises me because it's a city facility. I, I don't understand how you can walk into the zoo and get asked for a QR code. Most of the zoo is outside, by the way. They're not even saying just to come inside to the pavilions, you need to be fully vaccinated. They're saying to come into the zoo outside, you need to be fully vaccinated. But you can go across the street to the keg and doesn't matter if you're vaxxed or not. Nobody's checking. You can do any. You can take the transit there and you don't need to be vaccinated. It, it doesn't make sense to me. Why the zoo would do that other than, again, this falls under John Tory. This falls under John, who is, I don't know, is he, is it just that John's in that demo that's particularly at risk, so he's more worried? Because there's a lot of regular people out there that don't seem to care here, John, and and what you're doing with 
uh, keeping these people out of a job over this vax status. It doesn't make sense. Your own doctor said the two shots isn't doing much to protect you right now, especially if it's been more than a few months since your second shot. So I really don't know what kind of a, a game you're trying to play. If you're trying to look like a hero in vaccination and you just fought it till the bitter end. I don't know if maybe you're just getting ready to, to, to quit. I don't know. But this doesn't make sense. And frankly, at this point, we need things to make sense because people are questioning everything. And as soon as they spot something that doesn't make sense, the bullshit meter goes off the chart and they start calling bullshit. This isn't necessary to keep that in place. And I really hope they rethink that. Maybe they are going to rethink that. Maybe they that. will. Yeah. And maybe it just takes a little bit longer. Maybe it takes the mask mandate to lift for them to go, well, eh, you know what, at this point... We're going to reassess. It's, it's possible. It's just so strange to me that these people that for two years said, follow the science, listen to the doctors, immediately stopped following the science and listening to the doctors when it was science and doctors they didn't agree with. It doesn't make any sense. John, you were all in favor of listen to Dr. Kieran Moore. Dr. Moore is the chief medical officer. Listen to Dr. Davila. She's our chief medical officer. The mandates are gone, John. I don't know why you're hanging on to this for Toronto, but it doesn't make sense. If you'd like to come on and explain it to us, please, please, God, I'm open to it. Walk us through it and tell us what the philosophy is here, because it doesn't make sense and it's not based in science anyway. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Yesterday, while I was sitting there waiting for my windshield to get replaced, I got... Those two hours? <laughs> It was two and a half, actually. I'm so cheap. I didn't want to pay 25 bucks each way for an Uber, and I didn't want to wait for a bus, so I figured, fuck it. I'll go to the LCBO, I'll go to the pot shop, and then I'll just come back here and read. Um, I got caught up in that argument that people were having on social, and it actually got a little bit passionate. I didn't realize how angry people truly are about their kitchen and how things are organized in their kitchen. But there was a lot of people who thought it was outrageous that there are other people who, when they're done making toast, when they've toasted their bread or their bagel, put the toaster away, like under the counter or up on a shelf somewhere. People that could not even fathom the thought of moving the toaster from the place where the toaster always is. And let's be honest, there's people listening right now who have not known their kitchen without that toaster where it is Almost their entire lives. It's been there since the day they were born or the day they bought the house. The toaster was where it is and it's never moved. There's probably crumbs under there that are 25 years old. (laughs) You're damn right. (laughs) But they're just used to it. But let's give you another side of it. Because I, I'm one of those people who doesn't like the clutter. I like a nice clean countertop. I put the toaster away when I'm not making toast because I don't need the toaster out when I'm not making toast. So toasters to me are messy. I mean, you mentioned it, the crumbs. That's one of the reasons why I will just keep the toaster where it is unless I have company over. 
I, I don't care if I don't have company over that the toaster is out. But where I do have an issue. Are, are you afraid that someone might come over and say, look at this fucking bitch with a toaster on the counter. <laughs> I know. It's so it's <laughs> so ridiculous. But no, I just like to have clean countertops when people come over because I have spread out usually, right? I, I use my island for all of the the charcuterie and the, the appies and things like that. So it's definitely not on there. It's not even on the side. No, I like to have it nice and clear and out of the way because if people come by and they bring dishes, I want there to be ample counter space. Anyway, that's the reason why. Otherwise, I mean, I've got two little kids though. So I will put an asterisk on it that, I, I mean, I don't use the toaster for me. My husband doesn't really use the toaster for him. You guys don't eat bread though, typically, right? Well, we, I mean, there's there's carb friendly. There's like Carbonat, for example, which you can find at Costco. Very good bread. Um, yeah, I mean, you we use it from time to time. But if it wasn't for the kids, I would put it away. I, I would, because I would only have used that maybe once a week or something like that, let's say. But kids, like... All they want to eat is toast, toast with jam and toast with peanut butter or whatever. If it's whatever I can feed them that they'll actually eat, most of the time it's it, it's toast. So that's why I keep mine out. I don't, the reason I don't like putting it away though and that I'm okay with it on the counter is the mess. Like you move that thing and f- crumbs fall out and shit. And yes, of course. Well, what do you think toast is? <laughs> it's so messy, right? Like you have to remove the tray and clean that out and you should always. But even when you give it a shake, it doesn't matter how clean you are. You give that thing a little bit of a shake, you just move it a little bit, crumbs everywhere. So I guarantee you whatever part of your cupboard it's in, if you put, do put it away, is probably riddled with crumbs. And that's fine. And that's easy to clean up, I suppose. It's just dry crumbs. You just vacuum that out. But where I do cross the line here, because toaster I'm okay with. But where the sociopaths lie are the ones that have the blender and the crock pot and the air fryer and the, you know, the Instapot and the coffee maker and, 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 and strewn all the way across the kitchen. That's where I would probably start to twitch. Like you got to put that shit away. Do you use all of those every single day? Because that's the only way that I could understand. There's no way you do. You can't tell me use your kettle and your blender and your air fryer and this every single day. So for me... Nothing is usually on my counters aside from the coffee makers always there. I got a I got a big one though. I'm not putting that in any cupboard. That stays out and I also use that every single day, multiple times on the weekend, and the toaster, but again, for the kids. Well, let me read you the argument here. One person says, "Waiting until your toaster is safely cooled down, unplugging it, packing it away, and then getting it back out every day seems like more trouble than it's worth. Just leave it on the counter." Mhm. <laughs> I guess if you're in a situation where you do use your toaster every day, you could maybe do an audit of the space that you have in your kitchen and figure out if you can do that. From my perspective, I use pots every day. I use pans every day. Do I leave them sitting on the stove? No, because I'm not an animal. I put them away when I'm done. I wash them and put them away. And you know what? I know full well that tomorrow I'm going to pull that frying pan right back out again. Tomorrow I'm going to pull that that saucepan right back out again. But I still put it away because that's what you do. You wash it and you put it away. Yeah. There's nothing else that I leave out because I use it every day with the exception of the coffee maker, which I use it multiple times throughout the day. Yeah. My espresso maker, uh, that that creates a bit of a water mess anytime I move it. It's plumbed in. So that it stays where it does. But the toaster, why would you leave that sitting out all day? Let it cool down. Put it away. And you know what else? If you have uh, a... access to a a place that you can store kitchen items get it out of your cupboard do a step further don't take it off the counter and put it under the counter 
put it somewhere in storage. You use a roasting pan, like the big turkey size ones, probably twice a year. Why is that taking up space in one of your cupboards? Get it the fuck out of there. Stop screwing around. Why are you making more messes? Stop it. (laughs) Put it away. (laughs) Find someone who has a turkey roasting pan, even better, and just borrow theirs when you need it. Thank you. The problem is when you need it, they're reusing it. It's, it amazes me, by the way. And I think we all have those relatives. And if you don't, you are the one that has every single gadget pan. I got so lucky, actually, when I moved into my place that I lived next door to a woman who used to own a restaurant and bakery. Ah. She has everything. And she even told me, Kat, don't buy a thing. And she means a thing. I go over there and I borrow shit all the time. It's great. Uh, But anyway, look, I think that there's no wrong way to do it. I will say it's no wrong way to do it. Whatever functions in your kitchen, that's great. But when company comes over, just have a look around and think, does this look a little like I'm in shambles here? Maybe just, uh, you know, you don't need to look like the back of a diner kitchen, basically, with all your appliances out. But to each their own. But the thing is, if you were working with a real chef, they would lose their mind. What the fuck is this doing here? Get rid of it. Put it away. Clean it. Get rid of it. At the end of the kitchen, uh, at the end of the shift, they clean up and put stuff away. That's what we need to do is ask Gordon Ramsay. Gordon Ramsay knows the answer, and he's very particular on anything to do with the kitchen. He will give you a black and white answer. It's either yes or no. I wonder how Gordon Ramsay feels about it. That's a good question. What about Guy We should ask him. He's seen kitchens all over the world. Guy's another great one to ask. Absolutely. Usually they are not messy, and they're very, very, very functional. Uh, Last note on this. Somebody did a poll as this discussion was going on and asked all the people on the thread to vote. Do you put your toaster away after you've used it or do you leave it on the counter? I always put it away. Got only 23% of the vote. 72.9% leave it sitting on the counter. All the time. There you go. You got the big industrial size one though, right? Don't you have like a four slice? I do have a four slicer, yeah. Nah, I do. F- you're balling. That's what you are. <laughs> <laughs> I can't imagine a scenario where I'd need to make four pieces of toast all at once. I am, so. I am the Gordon Ramsay of toasting, actually. Is <laughs> what, that's what they call me on the streets. <laughs> um, let's see here. I don't know what we do with this girl. And I think this might be an example of where we say... Nah, you're wrong on this one, darling. It's a woman who posted on Mumsnet. She lives in the UK, and, and this was she explained her situation, and she wants a little advice. The situation is this. She sent some nudes to her boyfriend. They've been together a little less than a year, 10 months. She sent him the nudes. It was a combination of pictures and videos. So he's got them. She knows they're on his phone. Well, I guess the boyfriend was at a party with some buddies, and she got a weird text message. So she phoned him and was like, what, what does this mean? The buddies had his phone and were sending her text messages. I don't know why, but they were. I remember when I was 14. Yeah, really, it's stupid. But anyway, so the girl, her head started spinning. She's like, what? No. I, I gave them those pictures and those videos, and those guys might be able to see them now that they've got his phone. She's very, very concerned about this, and she lost it on him. Now she's turning to strangers anonymously on the internet, and she wants some advice. She says, I'm pissed that he has revealing pictures and images and videos, ones that you'd expect between a girlfriend and boyfriend, but not between a girlfriend and her boyfriend's buddies. They're saved on his phone and in his messages. They would probably probably be easy to find and easy to be seen by other people. I trusted him, 
and he let others use his phone. Do I break up with him? Am I being unreasonable to be upset with him? Is it my fault for even sending them to him in the first place? Mm-hmm. Oh, well, now we're getting a little warmer, aren't we? Yeah, I think ding, ding, ding. You nailed it at the end there. I don't think you're allowed to be concerned about people viewing photos and videos that you'd send via text message to your boyfriend of 10 months. When you're the one that sent videos and photos of you nude to your boyfriend of 10 months. I don't think if you have the thought of, oh, my gosh, what if someone sees this? Don't send it. If it worries you that someone other than the person you're sending that to, you know, play bitch games, get bitch prizes. They probably did see those photos. The fact that you're asking, should I dump him over it? That's the part that interests me. I want to hang on to that right there for a second. Well, she says it was irresponsible of him. It is ir- Absolutely. I mean, this is a two-way street here. I think we have a couple of dummies. So we have a dummy that sent a, fo- a bunch of nude photos and videos. And then we have a dummy who's willing to probably pass along his phone to his friends so that they can check out the photos. Because the friends are definitely not gems. I mean, who, who does that? Who randomly texts the girlfriend? Like, again, what are you, a teenager? So I don't think anybody here is, is right or, or that intelligent, for that matter. But what I will say, and I've stressed again, is it, it, this is 2022. If you send those photos out, be prepared for the, what the outcomes could be. Go out of your way to buy yourself something that is self-contained without Wi-Fi or something like that. Like a Polaroid. Anything. Like, I don't know. There's a lot of better options if you're nervous about it. Or don't send them at all. Make him put it in his memory bank or the, spank, the old-fashioned spank bank, if you, if you will, if you're that concerned about it. I don't think you're allowed to be worried about people seeing it if you're so easily willing to send them off. And it sucks. It's not right. Don't get me wrong. It's not right. If if you trust that person and you're like, okay, I'll send you this, but like, make sure nobody touches your phone. Yeah. And then he goes and does that. I mean, yeah, he seems like a pretty big schmuck. But keep in mind that you are the one who willingly did it. Never send your nudes to someone so willy-nilly. I mean, if you're talking about your your husband of many, many years, I'm just trying to put myself even in those shoes of like, okay, if I send it to my husband, who I trust, who will I know would never let anybody touch his phone if, if he knew that there was photos of me on it, I still wouldn't trust to send it. I still wouldn't because I don't know who's going to hack that or do what. What I'm saying is stay skeptical, everybody. Hashtag stay skeptical and these things will never happen. Wow. Okay. All right. Um, from my perspective, what a nice treat. That's a nice girl. She took some nudes and sent them. Hey, <laughs> guys love that. I, I'm going to tell you girls listening something. When you, you brighten right? your man's day uh, or, or your partner's day with just a nice titty shot or, or maybe, oh, you know what you do. You randy little vixens, you. When you send him the picture, it's a beautiful sign of love. No, what you have to do, though, truth is leave something to the imagination so that if someone does get a hold of it, maybe like the underboob, a little underboob or something like that, so that if someone does get a hold of it, they don't see the full thing. Don't give it all away for free via text and video. That is the key. Don't keep, put your, certainly don't put your face in there. Fuck no. We're not making a porn here. You you, you should leave it as uh, anonymous. Leave out. Exactly. Just like the uh, when they do all the the write ups when they arrest uh, one of those shitheads and they have to catalog all the tattoos that they yeah. have. Leave your tattoos out of it. Nothing distinguishing about you. 
Yeah, you want that to be able to go viral and nobody knows it's you. That's the key. But let's not lose sight of the beautifulness of this. And ladies, I highly encourage it. I'm doing this for your guys here. If, you, if, you're, feeling, if you're feeling sexy and you know it, uh, go ahead and snap that picture and, and brighten his day a little bit. Yeah, sure. But leave out the distinguishing features. That's it. That's the first thing. I think that's the answer. I mean, I think we've come up with the logical explanation for what you should do going forward, right? And, and guys, don't be afraid to reciprocate. If that's something that your partner is interested in, this works both ways. Sure. Absol- absolutely. Now, should he have let his buddies use his phone? I'm going to say no. I don't know why he would let his buddies just indiscriminately go through his phone to the point where they could text his girlfriend and he didn't know that was going on. Like, weird. Grow up. Don't let anybody play with your phone. You know why it only unlocks when it sees your face or it feels your fingerprint? Because it's for you, mm-hmm. not for anybody else. Mm-hmm. So if you want the nudes on your phone, yeah, we got a pretty strict policy here. I hold my phone. Nobody touches my phone. Even if I want to show somebody a picture. I'll hold the phone. Nobody gets that. My bigger concern is the hacking. If your iCloud mm-hmm. gets hacked or something like that, yeah, those pictures get out. And that's why what Kat said a minute ago is true. No distinguishing features. Yeah. And leave, and for him too, or for her, no matter who you're sending something to, leave something to the imagination for that person. That's great advice. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, right. You know I you like that. Give it all, don't give it all away. Uh-uh, tisk tisk. Part one was pretty good. I can't wait for part two you, later on. You got to wait for in person for the whole thing, you know? Uh, we're done on time here, but there's just one last thing because I think this is important. Do you have blankets on your couch? Like throw blankets? Uh, I do. Yes, I do. Most people have at least one likely a few blankets on their couch, whether they're decorative or ones that you use to keep yourself warm and comfortable when you're watching TV. Oh, yeah. Or maybe they're there for your pets. I have a dog blanket. Yes. And I have a girlfriend blanket. And the dog <laughs> the dog doesn't go on the girlfriend's blanket and the girlfriend doesn't go on the dog's blanket. Uh-huh. Everybody understands who owns what here. Yep. No matter what it's for, you are not washing it enough. They apparently take on an absolute ton of nastiness, food, dust, pet hair, whatever you tracked in the house on your feet, all of it. Yeah. There is bacteria galore on your couch. So how often do you wash the blankets? Do you know how often you wash the blankets on the couch? Because I never even think of it. I do it all the time because I do have Leo and Leo doesn't, like you said, you have a dog blanket. That's great. Wow. Because Leo will take any blanket. He doesn't care who it belongs right. to. He will claim it as his. So uh, with that said, he, he's a shedder. So I tend to wash them once a week. Okay. You should be washing them at least once every two weeks. Once a week is good. Odds are right now you are not even coming close to it. In fact, they ask people, hey, yeah. how often do you wash those? And the answer was not good. Yeah. But I can see that. Yes. I've got enough laundry to do just keeping up with the clothes I wear. The thought of having to throw in the blankets from the couch and all the other shit that we probably should be throwing in the wash more often, it just gets overlooked. And that's the way it is. Either way, I'm going to tell you something. Wash the blanket. And until you do, no more sex on the couch blankets. No more. <laughs> Because it's not in the survey, but I'm willing to bet there's a bit of semen on there, too. The couch is not comfortable enough. Uh, So here's what I like to do, too. Think outside the the box when you are doing laundry. Because if you're doing laundry anyway for the clothes in your house, 
The blankets on the couch is a great one. While you're doing that load of laundry, think about the other shit too. It, it's probably amazingly disgusting how many people have used the same kitchen rag for like a month, just until it starts smelling. And then they're like, oh, this really smells bad. You should have probably done that earlier than when it starts to stink. But do a load of all of those things, right? You throw in the blanket, you throw in the kitchen stuff, uh, the hand towels in the bathroom, all of it. And if you try to remember to do it all at one time, it's done. Don't have to do it again for whatever amount of time. Two weeks later, whatever. Thanks for downloading this episode of After 9 with myself and Martha Stewart. We'll be back tomorrow. Another episode of After 9. (laughs) It Um, is the Gordon Ramsay of toasting and Martha Stewart here. Yeah, you were just full of those fucking hot cleaning takes. Man. Wash your blankets every week. Wash your tea towels. Wash this. Wash that. Stop sending nudes out. You're bossy today. I didn't say stop sending nudes. Just don't send them with your face on them. Have a good one, guys. We'll see you tomorrow. Hollywood is taking action. Warner Brothers has decided that the new Batman movie will not be shown in Russia. You're going to invade Ukraine? Okay, you're not getting Batman. And (laughs) Disney and Paramount have also pulled their upcoming films. If that doesn't work, Universal is threatening to re-release the movie Cats in Moscow. (laughs) Meanwhile, NASA said that despite the war, U.S. and Russian astronauts are still working together on the International Space Station. It's not great, though. Today, one astronaut was like, you should, things are awkward. The New York Times published a report that U.S. officials are currently debating Russian President Vladimir Putin's grip on reality. In related news, Putin just ordered troops into Hogwarts. Well, as the war continues, I read that 12 Russian diplomats were expelled from the U.S. and sent back to Russia after being accused of spying. The U.S. knew they made the right move when eight Russians and four office plants got up and left for the airport. The After 9 Podcast is powered by Tony Johal, broker at REMAX Twin City. Your home sold, guaranteed, or he'll buy it.